Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I can't remember how I used to introduce this thing. Welcome back to the From Free. Oh, yeah, that yeah, that's I think how we used to do it. Um, what are you thinking? Well, what's going on? Why is there a new From Free podcast in my feed? Well, we just had some big news in the world of football, especially my world. Jose Mourinho is the new Tottenham Hotspur manager. Mauricio Pochettino sacked, and I just thought, who better to to talk to 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 talk through my feelings about this this seismic change in the world of Spurs? Than my good friends, my old podcast hosts. And why not record it and, and just put it out on the feed? You know, that's a good idea. Um, but yeah, first off, Lawrence, you, you're here. You know how nostalgic this is. To it's see incredibly nostalgic. Dave. The, it, the most nostalgic thing that most people never got to hear about the old podcast is Dave for 10 minutes complaining about his laptop. <laughs> and then, uh, saying, I'll get my phone. I'll get my phone. And you're like, get the phone, get the phone. It's Jamaican, isn't it? Uh, Dave, how are you? On your phone, not your laptop. Uh, no, I'm on my laptop. It, it, it oh, you need it work. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, I've got I've got battery problems where you got like condition and then. Oh, what I mean? Place Just like the good old days. That's unbelievable. Like what? <laughs> <laughs> Guys, thank you so much for listening. Um, look, the band is back together uh, for one night only, for now. Um, but yeah, I just thought it'd be good. Uh, to talk to you guys about this crazy news. Get your thoughts on it. Maurizio Pochettino was sacked on Tuesday night. Jose Mourinho is the new Tottenham Hotspur manager, something I never thought I'd say. Seeing him holding up the shirt, seeing him in training, it just doesn't look right, I have to say. I'm still trying to wrap my head around it. Dave, first off, you know, obviously you had Jose Mourinho at your club not too long ago. What was your reaction to the news, firstly, of Pochettino being sacked on Tuesday night? I think that was a disgrace, to be quite honest. I think how, you know, how it's been been put out. It seems like a coup has been been put in place where Mourinho seems to have had that contract, seems to have been set up to replace Pochettino. Pochettino has been bumped off at the back end of an international break, and now we're seeing Mourinho come in. I think it was. I think Spurs have acted very, very poorly. You know, there's talk that Pochettino didn't even get to speak to the players and say, "Look, I'm leaving. I've been sacked. I'm out of here." That's pretty disgusting for a guy that's been there five and a half years that has done so much with that club. Like, look, look Spurs were the nearly men before. Harry Redknapp, we all enjoyed Gareth Bale tearing it up. But Pochettino is the club. Yeah. Uh, 
it's hard to disagree with that. I felt very sad. I just felt very disappointed with the news came in. I kind of had made peace that maybe he was going to leave at the end of the season. It was going to be kind of a mutual divorce. Yes, the form in 2019 has been abysmal. Yes, the miraculous journey to the Champions League final papered over the cracks. But it just felt like he'd earned the right, as Dave says, given where he's taken Spurs since he's been at the Cup in 2014, to try and fix it, maybe to be given until the end of the season. Doesn't seem like Daniel Levy was willing to give him that chance. Lawrence, what was your reaction when you heard the news? Uh, I was sad because I think everyone likes Pochettino, don't they? But I think the opposite side of that is, is that Daniel Levy also has a club to run. And, you know, I think Dave isn't necessarily talking about the sacking itself. He's talking about the way that they sacked him and the way that the way that they let him go. And, I, you know, I, I, it did feel a little bit cloak and dagger. I think there were times where there are a lot of things that went unsaid at Spurs. Uh, maybe some of the players were unhappy with certain aspects. Um, and it, it was difficult because I think a lot of sentimentality surrounding Pochettino and the fact that he built up so much kudos, if you like, from the media and from so many people meant that no one really wanted to go in and put the knife in and sort of go, look, this isn't working. Like, you know, you, you need to change this. And, you know, maybe it's because we wanted to treat him kindly or we wanted to give him that time. But the fact is that with Spurs project now, there is a timeline that Levy's put in there. And if it, if it doesn't fit, then they have to find a way to make the timeline fit. And if your timeline doesn't fit Pochettino, who you think may be leaving at the end of the season, or maybe the players found out that he was leaving at the end of the season or in a two-season time or whatever you want to say, it, it shortens it because it, it, suddenly the goals become very different. The goals suddenly aren't long-term. Uh, and the, the strange thing then is, well, if, you're, if you want to make the goals long-term again, is Mourinho, A, still capable of making a basis for that? And secondly, is he the man who's not going to blow, blow your club up within however many months? <laughs> this is the thing, because I think you're right. Like, especially for myself, being a Spurs fan, my reaction was very emotional, was very sentimental, and it's based on the fact that Pochettino has taken this club to someone who could compete for the league, who could reach the Champions League final, who could actually finish above Arsenal, something we hadn't done in 22 years, I think, before we arrived. But, you know, it's been, what, barely 48 hours, I think, now since Pochettino sacked. And I actually kind of find myself thinking it was the right decision to sack him. I actually think it was now the right time to make a break and bring a new manager. All the reports that are coming out from the likes of The Athletic, from elsewhere, The Guardian are saying that essentially Pochettino sulked his way to the sack. Levy felt like he had no option but to make a change. Such an excuse. It's such an excuse. Perhaps, that, but the method... Is, is so, it's like, do you, you not think the method... There's, there's players in that dressing room that stink of getting him sacked. Out of your old Vuitton. Danny Rose. <clears throat> and Danny Rose, right? Danny Rose was probably, for me, one of the best left-backs in the world at the start of this year. So you're talking Champions League knockout stages. You know, the performances against City, Ajax were fantastic. His performances have fallen off a cliff. And it feels that those players didn't get moved on in the summer by Daniel Levy. And now they've turned on Pochettino. And then Pochettino now has been, has, take, has bitten the bullet in a way. He's taken the flat for all of this shit, this mismanagement. I agree with you there because the, the situation is not of his making. Pochettino wanted to revitalise this squad. He's been saying to Levy for years, we need to move on certain players, we need to bring in the young players and we need to, to go again almost. But in terms of the situation that Spurs find themselves in, which, yes, Daniel Levy has to take some blame for, I think that Pochettino leaving Spurs, it was a question of when rather than if now, 
could have been the end of the season. It could have been before. So Levy made the decision to do it now. Yes, you might question, as Lawrence is saying, in terms of the project, is it about Daniel Levy needing to keep Spurs in the spotlight, trying to get them into the top four? He made probably the biggest decision of his career as Spurs chairman now. I think the fact that they sacked him was right, Dave, but bringing in Mourinho, that's where the huge, huge question mark is because that's a manager who seems to be completely at odds fundamentally with the blueprint that the club had seemingly set out with Pochettino, a young manager, a young squad playing that you know high-energy attacking football, and yet they've gone above the likes of, say, Eddie Howe or Julian Nagelsmann, managers they were reportedly looking at, and they've gone for the opposite in Jose Mourinho. It's, yeah, it's like the football that, that United played at the back end, the Mourinho's tension was was shocking. Couldn't break through the lines, could have you know opened teams up, and I think we're still seeing a bit of a hangover at United at the moment. And I think that is a big problem. Look, Spurs are a very progressive side. They pass the football, they move it in between the lines, they create chances in areas that you don't want them to create in. And this is the issue that Jose Mourinho was fantastic. Like, you know, you're thinking when he came to the Premier League, how he moved things on, you're thinking again into Milan. But that was 2010. You know, it's, it's nearly 10 years ago where Mourinho was maybe at his top. And you look at the numbers as well in terms of how much he's getting paid. He's the second highest paid manager in the world right now. It almost feels, for me, like a publicity stunt. Hmm. I think this is more a Lawrence McKenna line, but it feels like that they're going out there, Netflix documentary, let's do some absolute mental things. Let's sack our you know, manager that's been there for five and a half years because things are slightly going wrong. And let's bring in Jose Mourinho, who very much is box office. Hmm. Did you, Did you buy that, that, Lawrence? Well, um. I do want, I always wondered, and you do always wonder whether men at the top have that in them. Uh, and I know that there are certain people at certain clubs who get a reputation for, you know, wanting to make a bit of a statement or, you know, he, he, he's, he's clearly managed this club to a certain degree and he's always given it um, a, a good roadmap. And that's why Mourinho is quite a confusing appointment. But I guess we also don't know what the allure of Mourinho within the industry is, within football now. How do people feel about him? Does he go into a room? Because, you know, I saw a tweet today, I think it was John McKenzie or something like that, said, um, is Mourinho still capable of what he was capable of at 35, the age that he's at? Is he still capable of what, you know, we, we believe him to be? And, uh, you know, to, to add to that, I also think, is Levy acting in the way that Pochettino himself acted? Is when someone isn't acting or playing the way that he wanted them to, he would get rid of them and, you know, live by the sword, die by the sword of Pochettino. Um, you know, he got rid of the bomb squad, he got rid of all those people who cleared house uh, when he first came into Spurs. So Daniel Levy's just done a very similar thing now if, if indeed Pochettino wasn't happy or wasn't performing the way he wanted to. Um, and I think Mourinho, um, I mean, you know, Mourinho is one of those managers where if he doesn't work out, then very quickly you'll, you'll get a good barometer of uh, what the club's really like. But apparently Mourinho very privately said, uh, or now very publicly. Um, I, basically, I, I think you've got one of the best squads in the Premier League. It was so inter- it's it, not. A- I was Go just going to say it's interesting to hear that uh, first interview he gave for the club because you know every now and then I try and tell you what to say. Lawrence, as a producer, that interview yeah. was so overly 
produced in terms of he was saying all of the things that Spurs fans wanted to hear from as you say you know having one of the best squads in the league to the best stadium in the world to I'll be looking to that academy to bring through fresh blood it was all like oh okay so can can I ask you this then can I ask you this like so do we really know the real Jose Mourinho or how many people have been suckered into thinking that he is this suave sophisticated fantastic guy who, let's face it, was at the very peak of his powers when he first came to England and, you know, uh, met, romanced many of the journalists when he was in the press conferences, gave them the lines that they wanted, you know, was very was very suave, very good-looking, was in all the right ads, the Samsung and all these different things. And it made me think maybe we put, um, you know, in many ways product, put a bit of an identity onto Mourinho that is suave and all these kind of things. And, you know, people who were around him that he liked were, you know, they were all advocates for Mourinho. Maybe, I think, that, yeah. Uh, do we really know the real Mourinho is my question? Do we know what he's capable of now? Do we really, or, or is it that we've put this identity on him and he was very happy to go along with it because it was going very well? But since right. he's on to Spain and Italy, places that didn't really accept his shit, I guess, is, is the way I put it, uh, <laughs> have, have basically just gone, no, nah, we're not having this. Like, this is bullshit. Like, you don't fit what we want. You're not, you're not our idea. He's a very English idea in, you know, let's work out the men who shaped him, Bobby Robson, some other people in there. But, you know, people like that. He's a very English idea of what a European man is and what a European man should be and how they should act and all those kind of things. I'm just putting it out of there. It is interesting. I think his I think his personality has definitely changed for the negative over the time. I think you can see in the media that he's that he once was full of energy, full of beans, and now he seems to get to clubs, has the beans for a year, you know, has a, a some sort of clash with the board, flips out, and then just gets dead grumpy, and he's just really, really grumpy. And we saw that at the start of this season with some of the interviews that he gave. You know, obviously, I wanted Mourinho to succeed. Mourinho is one of my favourite managers of all time. I think the things that he's done with Porto, with Inter Milan, is pretty incredible. But at the same time, they almost got to a point where you were a real fan of this person, but they were so underachieving in your arena, in your, you know, in your sort of your home. And then you think, is this the guy that you love? No, it's not. And I think that is the issue for Spurs fans. I remember Mourinho saying the same thing when he joined Manchester United and me being absolutely eating out of the palm of his hands. This is going to be amazing. We're going to do, you know, we're going to win everything. It's, you know, the good times are back. We've had times with David Moyes, Louis van Gaal, throw that in the bin. This is the time. But it was because Mourinho said the right things. And I think that's what you, you guys were, were, were touching on before, that this is a sequence of events that is happening. And I really thought Mourinho would get over three years at United and he didn't. It is, you know, my initial reaction was very negative, as I said, don't feel like he's a fundamental mismatch for the club. I can't really see this being anything other than a failure, and I find it very hard to believe that he will see out that contract until 2023. As Dave says, do you really, this, think, do you really think that? Do you not? I think honestly, that there is do, I honestly think there's Mourinho a struggle. To be a hero here. Well, the only He'll thing that I think the only thing that's interesting, I think, is the question is going to be whether he is going to change him, he or Levy. One of them is going to have to change their approach. The signs are now whether this is produced by the club or produced by Mourinho. 
the signs are that he's willing to change and there are certain things come out in the media now where he is showing a willingness to evolve the reports there are apparently he sort of reached out to some of his former colleagues at Manchester United the club's hierarchy and said you know where did I go wrong he wanted to try and reassess and he wanted to try and evaluate the mistakes he made he's talking about having 11 months out from the game you know having that sort of chance to reset coming in and taking over a club in the middle of the season is something he's never done before or at least I think the first time and only time he did it was when he's at Porto. Do, do you think, Dave, that he could change? I know you're talking about it being all talk there, but do you think that this these circumstances are different to Manchester United? They're different to Chelsea where things did go wrong. Arguably, this squad is a lot stronger than Manchester United, certainly the one he inherited there from Louis van Gaal. With Daniel Levy, it's a, a different sort of character in charge, one that potentially could be a bit of an abrasive personality and run up the wrong way, but it could be a kind of a, a levelling out, personally, of his personality and his approach. Do you think anything in the context of the situation could maybe show signs that it could go a different way to how it went in those previous spells his two former clubs? Look, he would have had to watch a lot of football in that year. He would have had to change a lot of things about how he plays football. And that is the, the the big questions is has he changed? Because again, there was talk before he joined Manchester United that he was he'd already changed then as well. It just seems like the same story over and over again. The thing you've got to look at though, in terms of you know what has changed, is you know his assistant Rui Farrier that left Manchester United um, before Mourinho's last season at the club where everything fell apart. That's changed. He's no longer with Mourinho. There is a different approach. The interesting side as well, Mourinho's taken two co- two coaches from Lille um, who have exceedingly, ex- exceedingly overperformed in their league. They came second in league last season. There's so many talented young players there. Um, but he's taken two coaches from there. If he can go around and he, he's building a different backroom staff, then you could say that is almost like Ferguson at Manchester United, where he would change his backroom staff and he would adopt his ideas and move forward. But for Mourinho to have that, I just don't quite believe it. That's the thing. I don't quite believe what he's saying. I don't quite think that, look, he's has, you know, it's, it just, it seems deceitful. That's what it is for me. It seems deceitful. I think I've seen quite a lot of Mourinho firsthand. And now I think I question this, I question that, I question what his motives are here, his motives are there. And I think that's the thing. And you go back to the initial point of you saying that, that Spurs' squad is better than Manchester United was when Mourinho first took over. I'd probably question that. I'd probably say it was reasonably similar. Man United have just got Zlatan Ibrahimovic. They just signed Paul Pogba. They had Henrik Mkhitaryan, who was the best player in the Bundesliga. Yes, there was defensive issues, but Spurs have got massive defensive issues at the moment. Spurs have had, haven't had a good fullback since Carl Walker left. I think you're looking at that midfield still deserves that. Is Mourinho going to play Harry Winks in defensive midfield? Absolutely not. Like, there's a lot of questions there. And it seems that there's going to have to be a lot of good answers from Mourinho. He's going to have to get a lot right, really, to be anywhere near the top of European football again. I mean, to go back to what Dave was saying there, Lawrence, I mean, do you think Levy's gone into this with his eyes open? Everyone's questioning his appointment, saying it's completely at odds with what the club wants. It's a fundamental mismatch. But do you think he's going into this with his eyes open and there's a sort of method to the madness in that... He appreciates Mourinho as a short-term appointment. He knows it's box office. He knows it's going to keep the club in the headlines and make them probably the most talked-about club in London. I mean, the press conference today, the press room was apparently rammed. It was busier than it was for the Champions League final press conference. And it gives maybe one, maybe two seasons of Mourinho there where, like I said, they are the talking point. They are the centre of attention in London. And then maybe then, you know, you 
convince the key players to stay, the likes of Kane, the likes of Son, and then you bring in that long-term appointment. Uh, I mean, the, the real the real question here, and there are two dates that stood out to me. Um, we're obviously the Liverpool and the City game, and I, I think I've said this on the kickoff. Is you know, when, whenever Mourinho goes to a place, then he makes things box office in that way. But it doesn't really matter whether Levy believes that or not. Like what you know, what what we judge was Pochettino on his end result. What we judge was Mourinho on his end result, and we sort of, sort of uh, I guess, we went and what we heard about them. Maybe with Pochettino, it was a bit easier to find out what his methods were, and there weren't this. There was a close circle of people, but because he felt like quite an honest, wholesome, down to earth guy, it felt a lot easier to buy into that and share that. I, 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 it's really about when, when or whether the press turn on them and whether the Spurs fans turn on them. And I guess you'll have to be a good judge of this. Is, is Mourinho... Uh, it felt like Pochettino bought his way into the um, Spurs fans' hearts. I don't mean he bought it. I mean, like, you know, got, got in because he reflected something about them, which was that they do feel like the more humble club of North London. They do feel like... You know they're the, the silent operators in a way, and then you know that you'll there'll be the surprise package and the underdogs and all this kind of thing. And I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over seventy percent of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live, from ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating. They always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Mourinho is the opposite of that. Um, and, and I guess that's the real issue. And, and at the same time, if I'm Harry Kane, if I'm maybe not Ericsson, Ericsson, I think I'll probably go anywhere, but if I'm certain players there, I'm still thinking, well, realistically, how long until maybe if you're Harry Kane, you think I'll give it one more season because if we challenge for a title under Mourinho and I've just left, I don't want to be the guy that left and then they challenge for a title. I do wonder though how many players in Europe also look at that and go, mm, do I want to play under Mourinho? Do I want to be, you know, under Poch, maybe Mourinho? Mm, I'm not yeah, sure. I mean, you know, Ryan Sessegnon apparently joined Spurs to play under Pochettino, so I wonder how he's feeling right now. Now he's yeah. Mourinho. Well, well, no, that, uh, that is actually a really interesting thing, though, is because when uh, James Milner joined Liverpool and then Klopp came along, Milner played at left back for ages, um, and you know, in the end, he ended up in central midfield because he was such a loyal player and really played well for the club. So, I, you know, I, I think there's different routes. It, it's very interesting that, you know, we obviously look for old patterns and then we try and put them on the new uh, thing that's going to happen. We'd see Mourinho even wearing purple in oh, training. Bizarre. Looks weird. Absolutely bizarre. Uh, and the Spurs crest on his him, chest is hard to wrap that around. strange. Yeah. I mean, there was the great question in the press conference today. It was like four years ago or something. You said, uh, you know, you'd never, you'd never be Spurs manager because the Chelsea fans would never forgive you um, or, or something to that effect. 
And he just went, that was before I was sacked. And you're like, but the Chelsea fans <laughs> didn't sack you. Abramovich sacked you. Yeah, but, but at the Chelsea same time, they still turned. Nah, they turned on him. I was at the game. It was an FA Cup game. And they, t- they absolutely went for him. It was vile. Like, it was one of those atmospheres that was just vile. And the, reason they t- the reason they turned on him, though, was because he had turned anyway. So he'd become a bit of a pantomime villain, blah, blah, blah. It, I feel like I feel like the Chelsea fans went wrong on that. You know what I mean? Me and you, Lawrence, were at the Manchester United-Sevilla game. Do you remember in the Champions League where they lost? They were knocked out. God, that was... <laughs> Thanks for reminding me, Adam. No, I went to both legs. I went away to Sevilla, and then I watched the game at Old Trafford as well. Yeah, great football. But that was interesting, yeah. Seeing the fans turn against Mourinho then, and as you're saying, they've seen the football on the pitch. That does give me pause for four. I am surprised by how many Spurs fans seem to have been charmed by Mourinho and had that he's barely said a word and he's literally one press conference and one video and you guys are like this guy is the messiah i'm not kidding the The day it happened everyone was fuming everyone's angry i still am personally very angry and sort of heartbroken and pushing you're leaving but texting friends are like oh come on you gotta be a bit excited though it's Mourinho. you do i can i can really like signing ronaldo a little bit but i just think this is so as I said before, it's the biggest decision of Levy's career. It's the riskiest decision because you can see it going well. You can see all of Mourinho's charm and you can see some of his old techniques working and you know, maybe he'll get some big results. Maybe he'll get Spurs back into the top four. But I just think it could go so disastrously wrong as well. And I think it's going to be, as Dave's suggesting, this is all talk at the moment and I think it's working in a sense, especially for Spurs fans, but... I think the old patterns will come out. I hope they don't. I hope I'm proved wrong. I hope, you know, all this talk of him changing and sort of learning from some of his most recent mistakes are true. But it's risky. It's incredibly risky. Do you know, do you know what it stinks of? It stinks of when Sam Allardyce fell off the cliff. So obviously Sam Allardyce <laughs> did some wonderful things in his career. You know, the stuff at Bolton was brilliant. You know, had a decent spell at Blackburn. He was okay at West Ham. He kept going. But then after that England job, Crystal Palace, he was pretty rubbish. And then Everton, he was atrocious. Mm. Everton were ranked 20th for total shots, 19th for shots on target, 16th for pass accuracy, and 17th for shots faced. They basically were atrocious. And it kind of feels like Sam Allardyce was sticking around like a bad smell for ages, all the relegated teams. (laughs) And now it feels like Mourinho is like a bad smell that sticks around the top six teams. I really do subscribe to that theory that, you know, Mourinho was broken somewhat at Real Madrid and... He's, he's yesterday's man in that all of his techniques and his approach to man management and tactics, etc. It works on that older generation who have slowly been phased out of the game. And with these millennials, let alone Gen Zers who are in the squad now, the likes of Ryan Sessegnon, um, it just, it, it's not as effective as it once was and it, it, it can't work. But I'm hoping I'm proved wrong. Before we go, Dave, I just want to ask, do you think it's going to work out for me? What's your prediction for this season, first of all? Do you think they'll get back into the top four, for example? How do you see this playing out for Mourinho, I suppose? I think that they will get into the top four. I think they'll pick up a number of scouts on the way. I think Harry Kane is going to score so many goals. If you look at Mourinho, when he has a number nine, Diego Melito, Ibrahimovic, scores around 30% of their goals. So if Kane scores and gets far into Mourinho, they'll be fine. If he doesn't, then... It is about Mourinho sorting out that dodgy defence and uh, maybe they have to sit a bit deeper. Maybe they do have to defend because they've got older legs at the back. But if they want to call on one player, Davinson Sanchez has got to be the, the guy that Mourinho works out and works on the bad parts of his game, but brings that side that we've seen, the aggression, the agility, the strength, the, the, you know, the ability to 
basically hold up the, the Spurs backline that we've seen in some games. That is, if Mourinho gets that right, gets his midfield right, and Harry Kane scoring, then yes, top four and beyond. He's sacked next season. It's going to be. <laughs> well, you've got three years with him. That's it. So just enjoy the roller coaster, Adam. Oh, he's definitely not going to be boring. Um, Lawrence, what do you? What's your prediction for Mourinho Spurs? How do you see this going? Um, I, I definitely think that oh, it's going to be interesting to see uh, how Harry Kane takes on the Didier Drogba role. Um, I, I'll be interested to see how many of the people there are not men uh, in the way that Mourinho wanted. It was in, there was an interesting interview today with John Terry where he was saying um, that I think it was Kevin De Bruyne and Mo Salah were twenty percent sort of below the other guys in the squad, and that's not why Mourinho didn't like them. Um, I think he, he might have given himself a bit of a rub for his own back because he has basically gone out there and gone, yeah, I mean, this is actually really well set up. So if it doesn't go well, then it's sort of like, well, who's to blame then, Jose? Like, who is to blame? Um, I'll also be interested to see whether just tactically he can... Um, I mean, you know, Dave's probably a better one for this, but realistically, I know the, the weird thing is, I think, of, you know, the Mourinho times when it was like, ah, oh, Mourinho is actually some really interesting football he's actually really good at this but actually most of the time he just plays for a one nil or whatever are your spurs guys going to be happy to be the bad guys in game are you going to be happy to be grinding out a one nil against the side and realistically can your boys and that's what always keep their heads there are so many spurs guys who whose heads go within minutes and if it, if Mourinho's ratcheting up the pressure are we going to see a you know so many red cards just popping up all over the place because the players just not that they're ill-disciplined they're just angry little men they are eric dyer <laughs> under uh, under Mourinho is going to be interesting um i mean he's he, he this this I, I wonder whether he's whether he is going to play the united way or whether this, this is going to be a bit of a an inter milan job or a, what which team are we going to start comparing this Mourinho side to is this going to be a porto you know, are we going to see a, a Porto uh, Tottenham here? I don't know. Or a Manchester United 2017. Let's hope not. Um, yeah, we'll see how it works out. I think, um, yeah, on the pitch and off the pitch, there's so many question marks. But this has been very, it's been very helpful. It's been therapeutic to sort of try and make sense of my feelings with you guys. It's been very nostalgic okay? as well. How do you I'm okay. Actually, I, I, I am, yeah, I'm sort of worried as to how you are because we were together on the day we were recording something. To yeah. And just shell shocked. You looked gutted. Yeah, I mean, it is like it's it's hard. It's a manager who's given you so many incredible memories, like Mauricio Pochettino, and as I said at the top, he's, he's transformed the club from. You know, I remember when I was little and Spurs used to finish 14th, 15th. Yes, the the real transformation happened perhaps when Harry Redknapp arrived at the club and we started to challenge for the top four. But Pochettino made it a given. He made it, you know, every season we were finishing the top four. Three years in a row we finished above Arsenal, getting to the Champions League final. And let's not forget either the constraints that he was under at Spurs. Let's not forget how much he overperformed at that club to maintain that level for a number of years. Yes, opposition fans will always point to that lack of silverware, but he achieved so much more by transforming this club. And I think God, the memories, the memories that he's given Spurs fans and he's given you know me personally, I'll never, ever forget that. It's the crying, isn't it? It's the crying that yeah. really capped it, it off for me. It's it the was tears. The, it was the fact that he felt that and that he was 
so emotional out on the pitch. I think oh, that got me the most when yeah. he left because I, I just I don't know. When well, he was thanking like football, crying, in his post match yeah, he was thanking football. It was it was beautiful. Thanking football. I mean, Mourinho thanks himself after a game, yeah. and you know when when Pochettino's crying, you think God, he's crying because of his own achievements, but he's crying with us. When Mourinho is crying after a game, you clearly know Mourinho is crying for himself. <laughs> this is the thing. I think, you know, I wrote an article, which I'll definitely link to in the show notes in a bit of shameless self-promotion. But I sort of started it by saying, you know, I love Mauricio Pochettino unreservedly. And it's hard to ever imagine loving Jose Mourinho. I think even some of the things he said in the press conference today, you know, even though he's saying he's changed, there's still that hint of... You know, Mourinho, Mourinho cares about Mourinho and he will defend himself above club, above any player. Um, I think the line in the press conference was they asked him, you know, how do you think the Spurs players will be feeling about losing a Champions League final a couple of months ago? And he replied, I wouldn't know. I've never lost a Champions League final. So yeah, still that Jose Mourinho there. Um, but as I say, this has been very therapeutic. Before we go, I just wanted to say, Dave... What have you been up to? Tell the listeners who, oh, who, who might not be funny. Oh. You're so busy. You've got so many Everything. things on. Walker Talk Dave to again. us. You've got to give him that. Dave is yeah. Walker Dave again. I really it's it. crazy. Going back in time. I'm off to uh, Kazakhstan this week. I've That's been in I mean. Rome. So ex- Roma. That's I was what... in Partizan. To what... Talk... In Partizan. I was in Belgrade to watch Partizan. <laughs> Talk to me about that. that. Talk to me about Roma first off. Because am I right in thinking you put out a tweet about Chris Smalling and how well he's playing at Roma. And all of a sudden, a week later, you're there in Rome. Well, you know, sometimes you, your stars align. Unfortunately, I didn't meet Chris that time, um, but we we had a, a lovely exec experience. It was great. Um, I, apparently, I was sat in front of one of the biggest guys in the Marvel Universe, Boltwood. You would have Who? been fuming at me. Who? I, it was, there's an Italian actor that's, again, I'm so bad with films. It's not my forte. I spent too much time watching Come on, retakes. Boltwood, but... You don't know the Italian actor that's big in the Marvel <laughs> ah, Of course. <laughs> You can probably Google it here. Let me have a quick look. Italian actor. Ruffalo sounds... Uh, he's got uh, Italian heritage, Ruffalo. I'm sure. The name Ruff- suggests... Ruffalo sounds implored. Um, Ruffalo or something. Pierre Francesco Flavino. Flavino. And then Eduardo Leo. Who? Yeah, these are these are like serious actors and serious people in the old Italian game. So Never this guy was guys. known for... <laughs> is, he, Dave, is he Italian by trade? Yeah, this life, so to speak. Italian by trade. He was bought in. He was bought. He was born in Rome. Um, no, so sorry. This guy was in the Chronicles of Narnia, and um, was in World War Z. Classic Marvel universe. No, but he, he was definitely in a. I swear, someone said he was in a Marvel film. You know, don't shoot the messenger. Pier Francesco Favino. Huge. Angel of Demons. He was in. These guys are not in the Marvel. These are just very... They're probably very famous in Italy. We're probably doing them a massive disservice by exactly. <laughs> slating their credentials. Uh, but the, are you sure the, that they just didn't say, like, about Francesco Totti, he is Iron Man, and Dave's like... Oh, no. In the Marvel yeah. universe. No, if you go to the video that we made in Rome, like, it's literally... The comments are, are, are full of it. See, we've been slightly sidetracked because now we're talking about the stars of Italian stage and screen as opposed to what I was trying to say was, look how amazing your life's going, Dave. You've got all these amazing opportunities, but we just end up talking about Italian actors. Especially the Marvel Italian actors. They're the big ones. What have you got coming? There must be something big in the pipeline where you're going to go to an amazing stadium and sit behind some other C-list actor. I I hope so. I hope so. I think the the access that you got when I was in the partisan ground was pretty sensational. I pretty much had one of those UEFA passes and I was like walking around the ground. So I'm looking forward to doing that in Kazakhstan in the, not the freezing cold, it's minus 21 outside, but it's 15 degrees in the stadium. So that is going to be one hell of a head. 
<laughs> talk, talk to us as well about so what Statman Dave on now? You're on like 170 odd thousand subscribers. The YouTube channel. There's a lot up. Yeah, you're doing stuff for the club now. I always see you yeah. working with the club. I've got some friends in the club, me and Danny Weber. Produce a great Danny show. Weber. Doing a bit of tactical it's analysis, etc. Yeah, it's, it's nice. Can people see this on the Manchester United YouTube channel? or is Sometimes it only... you can. Sometimes okay, it's on the Man United YouTube channel. Other times it's on the Manchester United app, or sometimes it's on the Manchester United website. So you go. you've got to be smart with these types of things. Just keep you know, keep yourself in the game. Statman Dave. Going All from those strength years to strength. that we mocked Dave and said, Dave, you stop. <laughs> Stop being a no one likes tactics. No one cares you about know, tactics. Dave, we were in <laughs> we the said. pub and Dave go. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, the amount of conversations that I have with people, I was going, no, Dave is onto something. And they're going, I just think he's a moron. And I was like, no, Dave is a smart guy. Um, but credit to him. There's so often I speak about Dave with such pride where I'm like, yeah, he's working for the club now. And people are like, wow, you know, that man Dave. Is <laughs> wow, we can do what, anything in this world if that idiot can be on a club channel. <laughs> I was... Someone said to me the other day, well, is he part of the Marvel Universe? And I said, in Italy, <laughs> no, yes. No, it yeah, it, definitely in Italy. I'm part of the Marvel Universe. So, tell me I'm this, waiting Dave. for the big contract. Dave, tell me this. Have you, have you had a face-to-face conversation <laughs> with Ole Gunnar Solskjaer? Yeah, I, I met him at the Player of the Year Awards last year. Um, Are you and, mates? Yeah, yeah. well, I saw him then and he introduced himself to me and then I've seen him again. He introduced in himself to you. Weirdest moment of my life. I thought wow. I was going to die. Wow. Strange. Um, but yeah, crazy times. My One of my childhood uh, hero, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, knows who I am. That's so weird. Wow. That's so what was surreal. What was said? Did, did he come over and go, hello, Dave, how are you? No, he actually said he likes what I do. Tactical analysis, so... You didn't criticise him in any of your analysis, did you? Did he come over and say, "Listen, I've got a real issue with some of your uh, some if of your you pointers." You continue this up, mate. You're getting cut. Wow, unbelievable. Cut. He didn't cut. say that. You're getting cut, Dave. You're a legend, Dave. Now, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is a, lo- a lovely bloke, and I, you know, I really hope everything goes well from Manchester United. I think that's, you know, he does wow. get the club, and I think that's a big, big thing. I think he, I think he actually will. Snake in my boot. I'm almost starting to come around on Solskjaer now. I think he's safe from Pochettino. Pochettino is probably going to go to. Maybe a foreign club, all the reports seem to indicate. So, so, no, so well, that narrows it down. Well, you know, I think it was Real Madrid or was it Bayern Munich? Although apparently he can't speak German, which they don't take kindly to Bayern Munich. But <laughs> the it seems like, insult he ever could yeah, have made. But it seems Ollie's safe for now, Dave? Yeah, yeah of course he is. It's, it's a long term project. Good. So You've got to keep him safe. Look at Chelsea. Look what happens when you trust in a in a club legend and the youth. You know it can all work out. It's um, so it's so fun. This before we go, it's so funny how it's like Chelsea are trusting in youth. They are they are they've got so fucking fundamentally lucky with what's happened. Like they've had the best academy for the last five years. Why are they or the last ten years? Why are they only now playing their youth prospects? Yeah. Uh, I'm a bit let's disappointed. Let's pretend that's not an issue. You know, let's pretend that Abramovich didn't spend all the money, didn't give any chances. Or let's pretend PSG's academy is absolutely amazing, yet that none of the players play for PSG. They just spend their money. Maybe anyway, you, just, you, need the right, you need the right manager who's going to bring them through, you know? And Frankie, like big Jaden. Well, yeah, the less said the better. <laughs> uh, Lawrence, before we go, if, if, you know, the listeners of the front three listen to this, the first time it's popped up in their feed, they haven't heard from you in a while. What's going on? Uh, we do the kickoff every weekend. Uh, we're, we're doing. Uh, got some good stuff out. Come, come big podcast coming out soon. Uh, Tyson Fury oh, and uh, I mean, talking a good podcast. Uh, Tyson Fury and Ninja. Oh, that's what I was going to say. One. Did ninja. I see yeah. with the Ninja? Ninja was a lovely guy. Very. Ninja nice. was very nice. 
uh, had a good level of sarcasm, got the jokes, like, you know, some guests come on, uh, definitely not Tyson Fury, and can't understand your sarcasm. Um, <laughs> and so it was, uh, it, was a fun, it was a fun podcast, well worth a listen. And uh, what else do I even do now? Um, enjoying Liverpool top of the league, Lawrence. They're going to win it, right? <laughs> but that's not really something that other people can share. I suppose you can share in it with me if, if you know... I wish I was at that moment when you, you went mental when Liverpool scored. I can't what game it was. I think it's was the last it, minute winner. Yeah, yeah uh, the last the minute week. winner. And you went mental. That is the most mental I've seen Lawrence McKenna. And I am he gutted knew. that person in that room. That's gutted. when he knew. He knew the title was, was yeah, that's when it, feel he, bound. It, <laughs> shut up. It was, um, <laughs> it was because I'd had a Man City fan further around the table just at me, needling me the whole game and sort of like, oh, they were no good. Even Brian was sitting there, you know, saying, oh, I don't think it's going to happen for them today. And Hugh was saying, everyone was winding me up a bit. And I was just like, you know what? Eat I it. love these guys. All <laughs> these guys are just my guys. Like, and I, I've not, I didn't think I'd maybe love a Liverpool team like I love the Xabi Alonso side. So it's good to have two teams. in. Some people don't even have a side right now that they like. Am I right, Dave? Excuse <laughs> me. <laughs> hey, not that they like, that they love, you see. The funny, yeah, the funny thing is, Dave does actually love this Manchester United team because anytime I talk to him, he does, he he really does speak with a lot of passion and heart about it. It is very sweet the way that I, I do believe in them. I do believe in them. Like yeah. like you know, obviously, I've got a greater connection with this team. I do generally believe in the people that are making the decisions at the moment, and I think I think you kind of have to as a as a football fan. I think you have to believe in the project because if you don't, then what's the point of you being there? Like the toxicity around football and media it's just so horrible that look like you go to the football to have a laugh with your mates and have a beer and sing a song and then if you win you win and if you don't you don't so I think you, you just need to believe and that's something that I think we need to re-educate ourselves as a football and community oh, what a beautiful message to end it on what as a well. way to finish the podcast um, yeah lovely guys thanks so much for listening hope you enjoyed this little one-off we love you we miss you go follow Adam Boltwood and make sure you read his article come follow me um, we hope to see you again soon thank you so much for listening and uh, yeah hopefully we'll speak soon the rumours are Zlatan is coming to oh, Tottenham fuck Adam. off really yeah apparently oh my god the Telegraph reported it an hour ago oh okay oh. well if that comes true there'll be another emergency broadcast in January so there you go <laughs> Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 